plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Welcome to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I am your host, Cynthia Bryan, and you are listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. In today's show, we're going to be talking about the changing of the colors in this fall foliage. I call it the changing of the guard. And if you've uh, joined the ranks of tourists who are dubbed leaf peepers because they travel to witness the spectacular fall foliage displays, I've kind of joined that too. So we're going to share some stories of autumn leaves. In our second segment, uh, the National Eating Disorder Association estimates that 30 million people suffer from eating disorders in the United States. So according to research, 47% of female athletes, especially in leanness sports like gymnastics or running, suffer from this disorder. So uh, we will be discussing how you recognize it, what the treatments are, and how you can get balanced again. And in segment three, when you have a medical checkup, are you prepared to ask the right questions? Physicians are busier than ever, and sometimes the patient just feels dismissed or unheard. So if you prepare for a visit, it can make a huge difference in your diagnosis and your outcome because you'll understand it better. So that's coming up in segment three. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity. You can find more information at bethestarur.org. Be The Star You Are will be collaborating with 5A Renaspace to be presenting uh, Santa Day coming up on December 2nd. So please visit the website and go to events for that information. Well, uh, Wayne Dyer's quote in our Miracle Moment is, no one knows enough to be a pessimist. Think about that. No one knows enough to be a pessimist. Wayne Dyer, um, unfortunately, he has deceased. He was a fabulous, fabulous writer, author, uh, friend. He was on our show several times and had written uh, many books. But he just always had, like, it seemed like the right thing to say. So let's not be a pessimist, despite what might be happening in the world. We're going to be positive and try to make things change for the better. Um, Albert Camus uh, wrote, Autumn is a second spring when every leaf is a flower. And after a dry and hot summer, I always look forward to these warm days, but cooler nights of autumn. And mostly I just get excited about the changing of the guard, whereby the leaves on my many deciduous trees turn into a kaleidoscope of vibrant colors that mimic a glorious sunset. 
Well, it is just the beginning of November and only a handful of my, my trees are changing their foliage, much to my dismay, but I can tell it's happening. So probably by Thanksgiving, I'm going to have just a really uh, terrific show. But this is the time of year when I really like, like many people, to decorate with oranges and yellows and crimsons, burgundies, gold. And because of a combination of weather conditions, chemical processes, individual genetic traits, and physiological changes, trees change their colors. And when the days get shorter and the temperatures drop, trees reduce the production of chlorophyll. Now, you probably remember from science class that chlorophyll is that green pigment that is responsible for photosynthesis. And in the fall, it breaks down and disappears from the leaves and it allows other colors to surge to prominence. The yellow and the orange hues that we see in leaves in autumn, they're always present in the leaves, but they're masked by that dominant green. So when the chlorophyll disappears, the sunset or sunrise colors just emerge. Now, some trees, specifically maples and oaks, produce um, what's called anthrocyanin pigments. Now, these pigments actually create blue, purple, and red in the leaves. And as consumers, we are familiar with these anthocyanins when we eat the rainbow. In other words, enjoying antioxidant properties like things that in berries, grapes, cherries, plums, pomegranates, red cabbage, eggplant, black beans, and of course, vino. The species of trees that showcase a colorful changing of the guard in fall include Japanese maple, sugar maple, ginkgo bilboba, red oak, liquid amber, aspen, dogwood, black tupelo, Chinese pistache, sumac, honey locust, hickory, beech, as well as crepe myrtles. Now, several of these species grow in my garden, and I know that by Thanksgiving, they will have changed into their wondrous wardrobes before the branches shed their leaves for winter. Now, in addition, uh, many, many um, fruit trees also turn colors. And so that's really beautiful as well is uh, like my apple trees, my plum trees, my prune trees, uh, and my pear uh, and my peach. They have all already started turning yellows and oranges. Now, this year, though, I did join the ranks of tourists who were dubbed leaf peepers because I traveled to the Great Lakes in Canada to witness the spectacular fall foliage displays. Of all the trees I admired, it was the glorious sugar maples that won my heart as they flaunted their brilliant yellows, reds, orange, and burgundy leaves. Now, sugar maples boast an added benefit because the sap can be tapped and boiled to make a rich and delicious maple syrup. At the home of my cousin Donnie and his wife, I sampled two versions of this delectable syrup that they made from their backyard sugar maple tree. Holes in the tree trunk were a testament to the tapping. Now the sap must be boiled down to the correct consistency and the process is so time consuming. The syrup can be light, medium, or very dark, depending on what month the harvesting is done. 
and the flavors vary with the darkest syrup being the richest and the most dense. Now, the vibrant colors of autumn are not only experienced in the changing of the leaves, but also in containers and beds planted with mums and dahlias, cannas, marigolds, petunias, roses, phlocks, salvias, sages, verbenias, impatience, and coleus. It's easy to design a beautiful combination by tucking several different species into a container filled with potting soil, allowing like the verbenias, the calabrochias, or the petunias to spill over the sides. And as I wander my garden, I anticipate that every leaf will become a flower, bursting with burgundy, maroon, bronze, gold, red, yellow, and orange. The color guard of autumn is majestic, and it's very much worth the wait. So be a leaf peeper, and happy gardening and happy growing. And I do have my goddess gardener, a gardening guide tips for November. So if you had carved a pumpkin for Halloween, what you can do now is take that pumpkin and add it to your compost pile as it is high in nitrogen. Or you can just break the pumpkins into pieces and feed the wildlife and they will eat it and they will love it. Make sure to deadhead perennials and roses to extend the blooming season. Research the best spots to experience the changing of the color guard. You can hike, bike, or drive to photograph the fall foliage. Scatter wildflower seeds for a surprise spring showcase. Just this past weekend, um, I was scattering lots of seeds I put on my hill. I, um, I broadcast a red, or it's called crimson clover, because I want that to be a cover crop over the winter, and that will provide lots of nitrogen and nourish the soil. And I'm also um, spreading poppies and Russell lupins, and I'm hoping that everything will come up. On my lawn, I scattered uh, the white clover, I really like having clover in the middle of my lawn. Some people don't. Some people like just to have blades of grass. But I like the clover because, um, again, clover, it just enriches the soil. It stays green all the time, even without water. So it's just, it's, it's good for your lawn. And it attracts, you know, uh, beneficial insects. And then soon I'll be um, planting more seeds and I just have been dividing up my Virginia because it's a good time to divide your perennials, including your dahlias, your iris, and your daylilies. And I also divided my Virginia and uh, planted it in other parts of the garden. And okay, so that'll be those have like elephant ear leaves and then really pretty pink flowers. Um, plant dark leafy greens such as kale, chard, and arugula. You can plant it in containers near the kitchen for easy harvesting. I usually do both. I just planted those items as well as peas and carrots and beets in my vegetable garden. But I like to keep a little bit of arugula and other herbs in pots right next to my kitchen. Because if it's raining, I don't really want to, you know, trek up the hill to go to the vegetable garden. This is a good time, if it's not snowing in your area, uh, it is a great time to fertilize your entire landscape. And for maximum absorption, 
fertilize immediately before it rains. My go-to is if I know it's going to rain, I just put on a, a raincoat and I'll actually go and fertilize while it's raining. And that way I know it's just going straight into the soil. This is the time to check the stability of your trees because if it's very windy or it gets really a lot of rain and a lot of mud, you could have a tree come down and you definitely don't want to get hit by a tree or a falling branch. So you might need to contact a professional arborist to help you with uh, limb pruning. And if you are like me and you love the colors of fall foliage trees, this is the time to go and visit your local nursery because their trees and shrubs will be in full brilliance of the colors that you may uh, want for your garden. And so instead of being surprised or disappointed because you've got a tree that doesn't have the right color, by going to the nursery now, you can actually buy the trees that are going to work in your landscape. And you'll be, a, you know, you'll be certain that you're going to have colorful trees next year. And it's a good time to plant. Also, continue planting spring blooming bulbs. I just continue planting bulbs, um, you know, kind of throughout the year. I just finished digging up some bulbs because there were just too many in an area. And then next week, it's supposed to rain again. So I will be planting more bulbs in other areas, you know, and then they'll, they just naturalize. You can create a cornucopia of fall colors in a basket with cut roses, dahlias, and tentacles of euphorbia. And as I have already planted my cover crop of the crimson clover, this is a really good time to sow your cover crops. And it could be clover, mustard, peas, brassicas, alfalfa. And any of those things will enrich and protect the soil as well as suppress weeds and feed the birds. And so for more gardening advice for all seasons, I hope you'll check out my book, Growing with the Goddess Gardener. It is available at CynthiaBryan.com um, and you can click on the Star Style store and you can buy it directly there. Or if you just want to read about it, just click on the books and you'll get to see it. So that's CynthiaBryan.com. And as always, I'm available as a gardening guide on the side and available for hire for writing projects, garden consults, and inspirational lectures. Well, when we come back from break, we will be talking ab about uh, eating disorders. So you're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. I will be just back in a moment, and I hope you'll stay with me. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR, 925-377-STAR, 925-377-STAR. 
Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. Are you a teenager with lots to say, but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program, Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel. And join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. Follow Voice America at facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show. Well, we are back, and thank you for staying with me. So eating disorders are definitely um, on the rise, and it's a very, very serious condition because these are something that you can die from. And the reason I wanted to talk about it on the radio is I was reading an article in the newspaper of a local um, athlete who um, was a really excellent athlete in both uh, cross-country running as well as water polo. And her, her um, journey and the distress she went through with an eating disorder, she is actually created a video now called Running on Empty, where she was brave enough to document what has happened to her. And hopefully her experience can help other people. But, um, and she's doing much better now, but it's been a couple of years. And she, you know, got down to something like 80 something pounds from, uh, you know, from like 120, which is not good. So some of this information is from the National Institute of Health, and you can find more information at nimh.nih.gov or, or just type in and you can get this information. But first, an overview. There really is a, a, a commonly held misconception that eating disorders are actually a choice, a lifestyle choice. But they're not. Eating disorders are very serious and they can be a fatal illness that is associated with severe disturbances in people's eating behaviors and related thoughts and emotions. Uh, people become preoccupied with food, body weight, shape, 
And this could uh, be the signal of an eating disorder. The common eating disorders include anorexia nervosa, bulimia nervosa, and a binge eating disorder. And all of them can be fatal. So what is anorexia nervosa? It is a condition where people actually avoid food or they severely restrict it or they eat very small quantities of only a certain food and then they weigh themselves constantly. And even when they're dangerously underweight, they see themselves as overweight. So a lot of this is in the mind. And there are two subtypes of anorexia nervosa, the restrictive subtype and the binge purge subtype. In the restrictive subtype of anorexia nervosa, people limit the amount and type of food they consume. For example, the girl that was profiled and is profiled in this video, in this video, she said that she was just trying to really eat healthy, and but she wasn't watching the calories. And because she was such an athlete, she wasn't getting the calories that she needed. She was suffering from anorexia um, and also orthorexia, which is an obsession with eating foods that one considers healthy. So what she did is she would be fixated on healthy eating, um, no fast foods, no takeout, nothing processed, no desserts, only whole grains, vegetables, fruits, and some starches and a very limited diet. And because a lot of those foods were high in fiber, it tended to make her feel full for longer, but it made it difficult to figure out what her energy needs were because she wasn't feeling hungry all the time. And she was purposely choosing those foods that she thought were healthier, though they weren't calorically dense. And what she needed was calorically dense food because she was an athlete. She needed things like peanut butter and protein bars and smoothies. So um, she was really restricting her diet. Now in the binge purge subtype of anorexia nervosa, people also greatly restrict the amount and type of food they consume. In addition, they may have binge eating and purging episodes, or they could eat large amounts of food in a short time followed by vomiting. They could use too many laxatives or diuretics to get rid of what was consumed. And this anorexia, the both, both types, the restrictive and binge purge, can be fatal. It's extremely high death mortality rate compared with other mental disorders. And it is a mental disorder. People with anorexia are at a risk of dying from medical complications associated with starvation. And as an aside, suicide is the second leading cause of death for people that are diagnosed with this disease. Now, you might remember um, or have heard of Karen Carpenter. Uh, Karen Carpenter was a uh, the lead singer of the Carpenters. They was the Grammy-winning band that she formed with her brother um, back. I, I think it might have been in the mid '70s, um, early '80s, or something like that. And um, she had been chubby as a teenager, and so she began dieting. And when she slimmed down from 145 pounds to 120 pounds. All of her friends and family were praising her weight loss and were just telling her how great she looked. But it was only after her weight continued to plummet and it dropped to 90 pounds in the mid-70s 
that people realized that her health was in jeopardy. And she actually died on February 4th, 1983, of heart failure. And it was related to her years-long struggle with anorexia. She was only 32. So here are some symptoms. And if you have, um, if you or somebody you know or child or friend has these symptoms, you know you want to get help. Extremely restricted eating or extreme thinness, like emaciation, a relentless pursuit of thinness and an unwillingness to maintain a normal or healthy weight, uh, coupled with an intense fear of gaining weight and a distorted body image, a self-esteem that is heavily influenced by perceptions of body weight and shape or denial of the seriousness of low body weight. And then other symptoms start to develop over time. And here's what happens is you know, your bones can get thin. You can get osteopenia or osteoporosis, mild anemia. Your muscles can waste away and become weak. Your hair becomes brittle. Your nails become brittle. Your skin can get very dry and turn yellow, kind of like jaundiced. You can grow the fine hair all over your body. It's called lanugo. Severe constipation, your blood pressure can drop, you could have slowed breathing and pulse, you do damage to the structure and function of your heart, you're also uh, damaging your brain, it could lead to multi-organ failure, you could have a drop in internal body temperature which causes a person to feel cold all the time, and you can just feel, you know, lethargic, sluggish or if you feel tired all the time and then also it leads to infertility now bulimia nervosa it's a bit different it's a condition where people have recurrent and frequent episodes of eating unusually large amounts of foods and feeling a lack of control over those episodes so it's like a binge eating but then it is followed by a behavior that compensates for the overeating. Usually it's forced vomiting or an excessive use of laxatives or diuretics or fasting or excessive exercise or maybe even a combination of all of these. And people with bulimia nervosa could be slightly underweight, they could be normal weight or they can be overweight. And so it's, it's not actually um, noticeable if you if that person is suffering from it but the symptoms include chronically inflamed and sore throat and that would be from you know throwing up swollen salivary uh, salivary glands in the neck and the jaw area your teeth the teeth enamel start decaying and they become very sensitive and that is as a result of exposure to stomach acid Usually dentists can identify if someone is suffering from, um, from this disorder of bulimia because of the tooth enamel is worn away. Also, you get acid reflux disorder and other gastrointestinal problems. Intestinal distress and irritation because of laxative abuse. And a really severe dehydration from purging of all those liquids. And then uh, something that could be really dangerous is the electrolyte imbalance. You can have too low, too high levels of sodium, 
calcium, potassium, and other minerals. And that actually can lead to a heart, a heart attack or a stroke. And then there's a binge eating disorder. So binge eating disorder is a condition where people actually lose control over their eating and they have reoccurring episodes of eating just everything in sight. I mean, huge amounts of foods. And unlike bulimia nervosa, periods of binge eating are not followed by purging or excessive exercise or fasting. So as a result, people with binge eating disorder are often overweight or obese. And binge eating disorder is actually the most common eating disorder in the United States. So that's like eating that, you know, entire gallon of ice cream that was in the freezer at one sitting or buying, you know, the bag of chips or two bags and eating them all. So here are what the symptoms include. Eating unusually large amounts of food in a very specific amount of time, like, for example, a two-hour period. And you're eating even when you're full or even when you're not hungry at all. You're eating fast during binge episodes. And you're eating until you are uncomfortably full. Normally, people who are binge eaters might be eating alone or they could be eating in secret because they're embarrassed about their binge eating. Uh, It often happens, binge eating often happens when you're feeling stressed, distressed, ashamed, or guilty about something. And binge eaters are normally trying to diet possibly without weight loss. So they're constantly, you know, they're constantly thinking that they're going to be on a diet, but maybe that diet never comes. Now, if you or somebody you know is struggling or having, you know, any suicidal thoughts or is struggling with this, don't forget you can call that suicide and crisis lifeline. It's a simple number, 988 and that is um, it's at anywhere in the United States. Or if you prefer like to do an online chat, you can do 988lifeline.org. And obviously, if you are in a life-threatening situation, always call 911. But if you just need to talk to somebody and you want to, you know, hopefully they can talk you off the mountain, I think the 988 is a really uh, excellent, excellent tool. Now, There is something else called avoidant restrictive food intake disorder. It's A-R-F-I-D. And it was previously known as a selective eating disorder. And it is a condition where people limit the amount or the type of food eaten. So it's different than anorexia nervosa because people with A-R-F-I-D do not have a distorted body image or they don't have um, extreme fear of gaining weight. ARFID is most common in middle childhood and usually has an earlier onset than any other eating disorder. And many children go through phases of being really picky eaters, but a child with ARFID, again, that's avoidant restrictive food intake disorder, 
they don't get enough calories to grow or to develop properly. And then an adult who has ARFID does not eat enough calories just to maintain a basic body function. So the symptoms um, for this avoidant restrictive food intake disorder, they include dramatic restriction of types or amounts of food eaten. They have um, a lack of appetite or just even a lack of interest in food. They might in, um, incur dramatic weight loss and very often have upset stomachs, abdominal pain, or other gastrointestinal uh, issues, and there's no other known cause. And they have a limited range of preferred foods that becomes even more limited, and that's why we say picky eating, and that gets progressively worse. But there are definite risk factors for this as well. Eating disorders can affect people of all ages, racial uh, backgrounds, ethnicities of all different body weights and both genders. Eating disorders or all genders, I guess I should put. So eating disorders frequently appear during the teen years or young adult, but may also develop during childhood or even later in life. And researchers are finding that eating disorders are caused by a complex interaction of genetic, biological, behavioral, psychological, and social factors. And researchers are using the latest technology and science to better understand eating disorders. But one approach involves the study of human genes because eating disorders actually run in families. And researchers are working to identify that DNA variations that could be linked to the increased risk of developing an eating disorder. When they've done brain imaging studies, they that also provides a better understanding of eating disorders. For example, researchers have found differences in patterns of brain activity in women with eating disorders as, um, as compared to the brains of women who are healthy and don't have an eating disorder. And that kind of research can really help guide the development of a new means of diagnosis and treatment of eating disorders. So what are some of the treatments and therapies? Well, first of all, it is absolutely imperative to seek treatment early for eating disorders. And if you're a parent and you feel that your child might be having an eating disorder, you want to get on top of it ASAP because the sooner that you get help, the sooner that there can be a therapy and a treatment. People with eating disorders are at a higher risk, as I said at the top of the segment, for suicide and for all kinds of medical complications. And people with eating disorders can often have other mental disorders. They can be depressed, they can be anxious, or they might even have problems with substance abuse. So. It's good to know that complete recovery is possible, but you've got to do the work and you've got to get treatment. And treatment plans are tailored to individual needs and may include one or more of the following. You might have individual, group, and or family psychotherapy. 
you could have medical care and monitoring, and you should definitely get medical care and monitoring. That would probably be the first thing that um, that I would recommend. And then the therapy would be right there too. You need the nutritional counseling. You might need uh, medications. Now, psychotherapies, family-based therapy, which is a type of psychotherapy, where parents of adolescents with anorexia nervosa assume responsibility for feeding their child appears to be effective in helping people gain weight and improve eating habits and moods. And to reduce or eliminate binge eating and purging behaviors, people may undergo cognitive behavioral therapy, which is called CBT. And that is another type of psychotherapy that helps a person learn how to identify the distorted or the unhelpful thinking patterns and recognize and change inaccurate beliefs. Now, there are also medications that can be uh, taken. So there's evidence-based that medications such as antidepressants, antipsychotics, or mood stabilizers might be helpful for treating some disorders and other co-occurring illnesses such as anxiety or depression. And you could go to the Food and Drug Administration's website, the FDA, uh, because they'll have the latest information on medication approvals, warnings, and also they provide patient information guides. Another thing that could be really helpful is to join a clinical trial, join a study. Clinical trials are research studies that look at new ways to prevent, detect, or treat diseases and conditions. And the goal of clinical trials is to determine if a new test or treatment works and if it is safe. And although individuals may benefit from being part of a clinical trial, participants must be aware that the primary purpose of a clinical trial is to gain new scientific knowledge so that others may be better helped in the future. So um, whether it's gonna help you or the person that is in this trial, uh, you know, we don't know, but it probably, I think it would do something. Now, researchers at the National Institute of Health and around the country actually conduct many of these studies with patients and with healthy volunteers. And um, in that case, they have better treatment options today because of what clinical trials have uncovered throughout the years. So if you want to be part of tomorrow's medical breakthroughs, you could talk to your healthcare uh, professional, ask about any clinical trials that might be in your area. Also ask about their benefits and risks and find out which one could be right for you. And if you're interested in a clinical trial, you could visit the National Institute of Health's website um, and just click on clinical trials because they will um, be, I think they will be helpful for you. And then getting back to this student who is, who she went, started her anorexia when she was a sophomore and was literally, you know, a, a major, major athlete winning all kinds of awards. She is now a senior and she did go into a treatment center actually for several months and she's still working on it. She knows that it's going to be kind of a day by day, 
but she's doing really uh, much better. She's back to uh, doing her sports and her team and family and school. Everyone has been really supportive. Um, and she, what she's trying to do is get uh, get balance back in her life. She hasn't started doing marathons or long distances, but at, as of right now, um, but she wants to just keep running and keep doing water polo. So it's an ongoing process for her as well as for anybody who's going through this. But it's when you can go through the treatments, you're going to look back on with some pride and overcoming something like this is really, really challenging. And but you can do it with help. And if you're interested in seeing her video, it is online. It's called Running on Empty. So you're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll have a business bite when we come back. And then we're going to talk about um, what you need to do when you visit your medical professional, because they're very, very busy these days. And if you have an appointment, you want to be heard and understand any prognosis. So don't go away during the break. Check out my website, CynthiaBryan.com, or more about our radio shows at StarStyleRadio.com, where you can also find information about our teen radio show, Express Yourself Teen Radio. I'll be back in a bit. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. You know how to make yourself happy? Happiness is a choice. By creating more joy and happiness in your life, you will be a better person, a better employee, or a better employer. Joyful people are optimistic and energetic. To help yourself on the journey to more fun in the workplace, write a to-do list every day. And at the top, write as your number one goal, enjoy myself. Recharge your batteries with enough sleep, a good healthy diet, and social interactions. Share positive feelings and accomplishments with your peers. Respect yourself and others. And see humor in mistakes and imperfections. Allow yourself to be playful and identify the activities that make you happy. When you are joyful, your enthusiasm will be contagious in the company allowing your bottom line to have more dollar signs. Remember, it does take more muscles to frown than to smile. So smile a lot. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's Cynthia Bryan, Bryan with an I, dot com. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. 
Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. BeTheStarYouAre.org. Dare to care. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show. Well, we are back, and I am Cynthia Bryan. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. So I appreciate that you're staying with me. All of us have doctor's appointments from time to time. Maybe it's just an annual checkup or maybe something is wrong. Maybe you've hurt yourself or you found a lump or, you know, you have a rash or whatever it is, and you need to make an appointment with your doctor. However, do you find that your doctor spends the time to really understand what you are going through? and then gives you an explanation of what they feel is the diagnosis and gives you some concrete information that you can work on. Because doctors are very busy and appointments are very short. And communication difficulties between patients and physicians aren't new. That's been happening for a long time. But these days, I think people are more rushed than ever before. And some experts report hearing more frequently that patients feel as if their doctors are just dismissive of their concerns. So, it, you know, if if you feel that your doctor isn't hearing you, isn't really listening to you. And especially if you have a chronic disease and you feel overlooked or ignored, then we have to do something better. And I have a couple of tips that we can, that you could implement because that's very frustrating. And also it can lead to misdiagnoses. It can lead to delayed care. So if you suspect your doctor isn't listening, here's what the experts suggest employing as far as strategies go. So the first one is, and this just makes sense because I I think that this is something we should do anytime we have an interview of any kind, whether it is through the doctor's office or just a meeting, is get prepared for the appointment. In other words, Rehearse the way that you want to describe your symptoms to the doctor. Ideally, you want it like a one-minute elevator pitch. So it's a good idea to write down exactly what it is you want to say to the doctor so you don't ramble and go on and on and they just cut you off because they don't have time to listen to all the details. You need that one-minute elevator pitch. So in that pitch, you want to aim to incorporate context. What was going on when you first noticed the problem, the overall duration, how long each symptom lasts, and any modifying factors that make the problem better or worse. And be ready to rate the pain you're experiencing on a scale of 1 to 10. 
um, it, it, it's a really a good point to use adjectives like I have sharp pains or dull pains. The more concise and specific you are, the better the chances that what you're saying will register with your doctor. Just this past uh, weekend, I hurt my knee and um, was really having difficulty walking and had to get uh, a rather rapid appointment so that I could walk. And I rehearsed all this stuff. And sure enough, I was asked, what was the scale of my pain on, you know, from one to 10? Was it sharp, dull, where, et cetera? So it was really good that I was really specific. Now you want to ask specific questions. If you and your doctor aren't communicating well, you can seize control of the conversation and your health by asking smart questions that require a response. For example, what might have caused this problem that I'm dealing with? And what's the specific name of your diagnosis? Will it heal completely or is it going to require ongoing management? Uh, what future symptoms should I be watching for? Or when and how will I receive uh, the test results? And if you don't understand something, make sure to ask. Just say again, I really didn't understand that. Could you explain that in simpler terms? Or could you give me more details? I always find, too, it's a good idea to take a pen and uh, paper and or, you know, if you're allowed to record on your phone, you could do that. But it's really a good idea to write down everything. Now, the second thing you could do is take someone with you. And especially if you're really sick or you have um, you have some kind of disease like a cancer or something, it is so much better if you have somebody that comes along to be your champion. And you can treat every appointment just like a business meeting and prepare in advance by discussing what is the, what's the goals? What are your questions? What are your frustrations? What are you looking for the, for an outcome? Because it's so, when we're sick, it's hard for us to actually hear what the doctor might be saying. And you might forget some of the things that they're saying. So you want to, if you can have somebody be with you, that is a really good thing. It's good to have an advocate in the room. And if you're prescribed medications and you don't know, you know, what these medications are, have the doctor write down each medication and the dosage you're to take and when you're to take it. Because sometimes they will prescribe three or four different medications and maybe one's supposed to be taken with food and one's supposed to be taken in the morning or one's supposed to be taken in the evening. You need to know this, but you're not going to remember because you're in pain or you're sick. So if you can have somebody with you, that's helpful, but still get it all down in writing. And then be relentless. If your doctor is not addressing your questions, either repeat them or rephrase them. And if you still don't get anywhere, uh, then follow up with like something like this. It doesn't seem like we are seeing eye to eye. And it's so important to me that I understand what's going on. I'm worried that my condition 
uh, could get worse. And I really need to know to know more. Or you could say, I understand you have other patients to see, but I'm not comfortable with my level of understanding about this condition. How do you suggest we address this without me having to wait weeks for another appointment? Because it could take weeks to get another appointment, as you know. And also remember to give feedback. And um, if you feel you're not being listened to, give that feedback because doctors will tell you that when a patient complains that they don't feel that they're getting enough time paid to them, many doctors take that to heart and then they make an effort to do better. But if you're not making any progress with your doctor after two or three visits, maybe then it's time to start looking for a new physician. Um, and it can also be helpful to speak up about what you experience uh, to the staff or, again, to the doctor so that maybe something can change. Well, I hope that you will stay healthy. And when you do have to have a doctor's appointment, that some of these tips will be helpful to you. Well, that is our show for today. And I hope that you will be tuned here with me, Cynthia Bryan, every Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Empowerment Channel. We want to uh, bring you all these lifestyle choices so that you can make the best decisions for your life, that you can change your life for the better, you can make your dreams come true, and you can stay happy, healthy, and wise. For more information about Star Style Productions or to purchase any of my 10 books, the holidays are coming up. Books are a great gift that keep on giving. Go to CynthiaBryan.com, click on the store. To make a donation to Be The Star You Are, it's the end of the year. You probably need a write-off. Visit BeTheStarYouR.org. Be The Star You Are is a 501c3 and you will get a tax receipt. My aim is to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. See beyond your physical being. Know you already are the star you dreamed of becoming. Cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate every moment of your life. And until we play again next week here on the Star Style Playground, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan. For Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. Be your unapologetically authentic self. Have a wonderful week and have a good Veterans Day. Thanks for joining me. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. 
Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. <laughs>